This episode of Chica Travel Podcast is proudly sponsored by Mr. D Food, the joy of food delivered. Hello guys, welcome to the Chica Travel Podcast. Oh wait, I should say, welcome to the first ever sponsored episode of Chica Travel Podcast. Yay! The dream is materializing, guys. So this episode is brought to you guys by Mr. D Food, the joy of food delivered. And obviously, we are talking food, food, food. So because I'm sure we'll all agree, food is an important part of our travels. And once you've traveled to all these places, there are certain things or other food that you will eat at home that will always bring back beautiful memories of all the places that you have been to so my guest on this week's episode is actually quite dynamic i'm super excited for you guys to hear from her i'm chatting to crystal who's a food and travel entrepreneur crystal is originally from ghana or is it togo crystal (laughs) but now she's living in zurich Switzerland with her husband and child i think you're gonna love crystal please do go check her out on social media but for now here's my conversation with crystal Welcome, Crystal, to the Chica Travel Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on your platform. And you are all the way in Zurich. Yes. How's how's Hi the everyone? <laughs> how's the weather there right now? We are. Oh better. my god. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, my god! I wish I could be back in Africa right now. It's not yet so bad, but I'm not a big fan of cold weather, so I'm not super happy these days. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So. So, Crystal, you are currently living in Zurich since 2016, yes. but you've traveled, you know, all over. You've been all over, but yes. your your roots are in Ghana. That's where you grew yes. up. Is that where you were yes. born and where you grew up? No, actually, I was born in Togo. Okay. So just for a little story, my mom is Ghanaian and my dad is Togolese. So I was living in Togo for three, four years. Then there was a civil war. So we had to, we, we, uh, yeah, we run away basically to Ghana because my mom had family there. And then I stayed there till high school mm-hmm. and I went back to Togo for a couple of years just to graduate from high school. And then that's when I started going all over France for studies, back in Ghana, back in France, back in Benin, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, let's say Ghana is the place where I've stayed the longest. Yes. Okay. And then when you were in, uh, in Ghana, so you did your primary schooling there. Yes. Um, when was your first trip, you know, outside to just go and visit somewhere? Not because you're running away from something. But... No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the thing is, my parents always wanted me to visit my cousins abroad. So I started traveling quite early. Uh, my first trip was at six years old. I went to France to see my cousins. And then I went to Italy at eight years old. So like every summer I would travel from Africa. So I was very lucky because at that time, not everybody could travel, but yeah. I have always been used to traveling. I grew up traveling actually. So. And, 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 and now your relationship with travel, where does it rank on your list of priorities? <laughs> oh my God. Like this is, so this is a point that I wanted to make because even though I used to travel before, my relationship to travel totally shifted when I met my husband because as his, um, his job is to be an auditor. So he used to travel all over the world and I would follow him as soon as I could. And that's when I started having a different look. You know, when you stay with family, it's different from when you're discovering. 
So for me, travel really became a discovery, learning. It's like a white page. It's like, okay, where am I? What do they do? What language do they speak? And obviously, what do they eat? Mm -hmm. So this is really when, so let's say it's in 2016 that I really started changing my approach to travel. And that's when I realized I loved it so much, you know. Was there, was there any particular place that made you go, oh my gosh, I love this? When I went to Asia for the first time, when I went to Thailand, I was mind blown completely because you have, you, you know, you would see videos on YouTube, you would watch shows on TV, people would tell you how it is. But when you're there and when you experience it and you feel the vibe, it is totally different. And I was completely blown away and I can't wait to go back. I totally loved it. It was a mixture of, for me, culture is so important and I could feel their, the way they were raised, you know, how the religion is important to them. It just translates to everything they do. And I just loved it so much because it's so different from other places. You know, when you live somewhere, you're so convinced that it's the same everywhere until you travel. Yeah. And that's why I love traveling so much because it gives me another perspective. Yeah, that, that's amazing. So when you went to, to Thailand, how long was your stay there? I was, it was... I think about two weeks, two and a half weeks, yeah. yeah that's so so we, did, we did like Bangkok, obviously, and we went to actually a village. That was very interesting because we, it was, it's not even a known village, you know. It's just like, it's because my husband was there for work. So he would go to the office and I would stay there during the day and just walk around and have a look. And I loved it. It, it was nothing fancy, but I just love everything about it. And, you know, for me... I relate to the locals with true food, you know, so it's like, for me, that's how I understand. That's the language I speak with everybody, regardless of where I go. So, and, yeah. And speaking of your, your connection with food. So this started with your mom, uh, yes. in Ghana. your mom was a caterer. Just tell us a bit about your mom and the food and how you got to love food. Okay. So in my mom's family, cooking is like, a big deal. And uh, my mom used to invite everybody to the house on Sundays and she would cook, you know, these family African dishes, like in the big bowl where everybody eats and all that. I grew up doing that. For me, it was really not a big deal. It was normal. So I would wake up at 5 a.m. and they're already slicing the onion, already making like the fire because she doesn't like to use the stove. She used the charcoal for her. It's more authentic. So I grew up, you know, even sitting next to her and she would have to heat the fire for it to be at the perfect temperature or when she used to grill the goats and all these things. These are like techniques that are sort of disappearing today. But I, I really grew up, you know, seeing my mom using them. And I only noticed how important they were to me when I left my house because then I realized it wasn't the same elsewhere. So I was like, can I go back home? Wait, I can't. <laughs> you know? So it's like, that's when I was like, oh my God, I miss home so much. And this was so much about who I am. And even when I was in business school, I created a culinary association. So associations are almost like sororities. It's like a group of people that do activities yeah. based on one center of interest. And this was food for me. So this is how my mom brought me that passion for food you know it's just growing up and seeing her doing all these things you know it's so interesting how food can bring you back so many memories you know 
the, the same way food links you to your culture, links you to a country, it also links you to a time of your life. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like when I go back home and my mom cooks these dishes for me, it just sets me back home to my, on my lane to who I belong, where I belong, you know, and yeah. I just love it. I just love going back home. <laughs> and and how long ago, when was the last time they at home? That was last Christmas. Oh, okay. Not so long ago. No, it's not so long ago. I always try to go once a year. Oh, okay. And then what do you think, um, if I was to ask you the food in Ghana, what does it say about the people? Or does it tell me a story about the people um, in Ghana? So I think, you know, what's interesting is that when you take Ghana, Togo, Ivory Coast, Benin, so all these four countries on the coast, yes, they have very similar dishes. I don't know if you have the same maybe with Mozambique or other countries like that, but mm-hmm. there are some dishes that you would see. But the way they're cooked or the ingredients that, you know, that they use or the moment of the day at which they eat would reveal the difference in history. So for Ghana, you see, I've given you four countries. Ghana is the only one that is English, uh, was colonized by um, Great Britain, you know. So that's where you see that the way they eat is different from their neighboring countries because they have this influence from this English colonization. Mm-hmm. So for me, if you ask me what I think about Ghanaian cuisine, that would be the main difference. It's just that from that heritage, they, they changed a little bit their way of cooking. Mm-hmm. So if I had to give you one dish that you should try when you go to Ghana, it's yes, called wache. What's that? Wache. Wache. So wache is, it's a combination of things, right? They eat it in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's rice and beans with some meat stew, some mm-hmm. spaghetti, some cassava flakes. Do you know what cassava flakes are? It's like, it's, it's like um, cassava. Yeah. dried and they grind it into like flour you know it's like Gosh. you know it's just like very light yeah yeah cassava flakes and some peppers you know they love chili by the way and oh, I love yes. chili as well. <laughs> <laughs> so um so they combine everything in a banana leaf you what? know and in the morning it's very heavy right yes. but it just tells you the that they are it's so interesting when you go from one country to the other or one culture to the other, mm. the things that they eat in the morning just tells you the mind, you know, the state of mind, you know, they need a lot of energy because they need to work hard. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? So for me, that would be one dish you need to try because it's very cultural. It's a, regardless of your social level, rich or poor, you eat wache. I'm talking millionaires, they eat wache. You know, I remember I was working in a bank. They would all eat with their fingers, you know, even like directors and everything. Like they forget about their level of money when it comes to food. And yeah. it just doesn't taste the same when you eat it with the fucking knife. It right? doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> I tried to tell my husband he doesn't get it. But I feel like when you grow up with it as well, it's part of you, you know? Yeah. It, feels, it almost feels like there's a taste in the fingers that you don't get with the fork, you know? Like, totally get yeah. you. So what do you cook, though, when you are missing home? You don't cook so, one. <laughs> just like I told you, I, I, I use a lot of cassava flakes because that's what I can find easily. And when I went to the U.S. two years ago, I took a lot of that. So cassava flakes with wa- hot water, you just do a paste and then you have like a vegetable stew on the side with maybe fish or 
meet and that reminds me of home you know <laughs> a way to connect while you are there exactly it's called eba eba yeah i know that, yeah and in in togo they call it pinon it's so interesting because in ghana you have a lot of dishes that you find in the neighboring countries as well just different flavors and different ingredients yeah yeah and you know the the whole fight between ghana and nigeria about oh yeah Oh my god, that's a huge deal. I'm sorry, but the Ghanaian jollof is the best. So. <laughs> Can I just say that Ghanaians would call me right now and be like, what are you saying? But jollof, I believe, comes from Wolof, which is the language that is spoken in Senegal. And the best tomato rice is actually in Senegal. It's called chep. So I believe it was like the migrant, probably a migration of culture mm-hmm. that brought it. Because you have the same dish in all the other countries. You have it in Ivory Coast, you have it in Togo. Mm-hmm. But the Ghanaians bodied it, you know? They, it, jollof is just part of their culture. It's a huge deal. You can eat it, you mostly eat it for lunch or dinner, you know? Yeah. It's different from watching. <laughs> yeah. But it's like... They eat a lot of rice, though. <laughs> they they um, do eat a lot of rice. They yeah. do. Like, every meal must be accompanied by jollof. It's, it's like, whatever you are cooking, there must always be jollof in the fridge, you know, just in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so a, I, yeah. Haven't, I haven't been to Ghana yet. I would mm. really, really love to go. Uh, so I know what to eat now when I get there. Watch it, definitely. And then try the jollof so I can decide if it's better than the Nigerian one. <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried the Nigerian one? I've, I've, lots of times. I love it. Yeah? Really? <laughs> I love it. There's a friend of mine, a Nigerian friend of mine. Um, she's always, always cooking jollof. So she's yeah. like, no, come over. I'm cooking jollof. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's well, not you the get same. The chance to yeah. Compare. yeah, it's not the same. No, it's so, not. So, you know, you, you, you love food and you love travel. And now yes. some people that love food and travel say that they don't travel based on what they want to see. They travel based on what they want to eat. Okay. So is this the case for you? How do you decide where you are going to travel to next? All right. So for me, actually, it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. Because my passion for travel came in the context where I would follow my husband to a destination. So I don't really get to choose where I want to go. And I, got, I, start, I sort of liked that process because I like surprises and I like mysteries. So I would go to, I would know my next destination and start researching I actually wrote an article on how I prepare my trips. So it's just like when I know the destination, I start digging. And I'm like, ooh, they, they use plantain. Okay, that's interesting. Okay. They, they like spinach. Okay, how do they cook it? Blah, blah, blah. Or what restaurants or what areas are very foodies, uh, et cetera. So that's how I do. I do it the other way around, actually. So, uh, yeah, I'm a bit different, I guess. But I appreciate that more because sometimes... Some countries are not famous, you know, like yeah. Japan is famous for sushi, etc. And some countries are understated because they're just not trendy. Mm. But when you go there, you would discover like a gastronomy or like a cuisine that is exquisite. It's just not as, you know, famous as other places. So I, I like this technique better, actually. Hey, actually, I, that, that, that's really cool. And I think, mm. you know, there's so many undiscovered gems, and, but just because they're not in the mainstream, exactly. overlook them and not go and visit. 
Exactly. Uh, and I mean, yeah. I'm discovering places here in South Africa that, you know, they are not in the mainstream and yes. I live in this country, but I'm discovering them for the first time. So it's like, wow, why are you guys yeah. not talking about all these places? Exactly. So, like I keep telling people, Togolese cuisine is delicious. Yeah. Nobody, some people don't even know Togo. They don't even know there's a country True. called Togo. <laughs> exactly. Because Togo used to be in Ghana, so they split it, you know, and Togo is a Francophone colonized country and the food is exquisite. It's so good. But, you know, nobody knows. So <laughs> I will, I'm going next week. So I will try my best to tell everybody about, you know, Togolese cuisine. Are you going? Yes. To, to Togo? Yes. Oh, my goodness. So they I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for a wedding and I'm going to use that opportunity to you know, do my thing. <laughs> oh, that's going to be, please capture it. I'll be following, well, all my listeners and my, my followers, yeah. I'm going to direct them to your page so you can Thank show you. us all the food that they're eating over there. I will show you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you mentioned an article about preparing for your travel. I actually went on your website to go look yes. for it. So please send me the link because I, sure. I heard you, you spoke about it on one of your videos and I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Let me go check. And then I couldn't. Yes. So please, okay. I'll send you the link here. So you can tell everyone about, about how you prepare for, for, for your trip. Yes. <laughs> so how do you use um, food? So, okay. Maybe let me ask it uh, differently. When you are visiting a new place, you did say that you do a bit of research before. Is that when you decide where you're going to eat or which, which restaurants are you going to go and eat at? How do you decide um, that? Yes. So it's part, it's part of my research. Mm-hmm. I go like on blogs. I go on YouTube. I go on even Wikipedia. Yes. I read a bit of everything mm-hmm. to capture. So it depends. But usually there are two lists. There are the must-do restaurants mm-hmm. and then the must-try dishes. Because some of the dishes are not served in restaurants. So depending on where you're going, you may have to just go to like a market. Or, you know, it it wouldn't be a a fancy restaurant, but you really want to try that dish because it's a signature dish from that country. Mm -hmm. I remember when I tried tamales from Mexico, I would, Mexico is another country that blew my mind when it comes to food, like Mm -hmm. completely, the flavors are like out of this world. Mm -hmm. And I loved tamales so much. As soon as I go anywhere and I see it, I'm like, I have to eat this. And if I show you the picture of the tamales that I had, it is nothing that I can post on Instagram. <laughs> it is not aesthetically nice. Yeah. But when I see that picture, I still remember the flavors in my mouth. And I'm like, this was so good. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the best dishes I had in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. So yes, this is how I do. I put the two together and then I decide how I... So for me, the key is organizing your time because you can't do all the restaurant. You can't try all the food and your stomach is not that big. Mm-hmm. So the key is to decide, okay, I'm going to try something in the morning, something in the, like for lunch, something for dinner, and maybe later after, like when you go for drinks or whatever, you know, yeah. and that's how I plan. Um, like when I go to a new country, I do a, I do a bit of research and sometimes I ask my friends as well. Those that oh, have already that's been. Yeah. Yes. That's always a good idea. So some people worry about getting sick if they're eating uh, you know, new things and all of that. You don't have those yes. problems? Me? Yes. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> My stomach is healed. <laughs> I grew up in Africa, West Africa. I don't know for yeah. the rest, but we, I'm fine. I don't have that problem at all. <laughs> I also don't. Well, I'm, I'm a bit careful, though. <laughs> I try not to go too much into things that are a bit sketchy, you know? Mm-hmm. When yeah. I was in Vietnam, sometimes I would be a bit... Uh, 
even though the food was delicious as well. I know I'm saying the food is delicious everywhere, but <laughs> it's just you have to be careful, especially when I speak to my European friends that are not used to some spices, you know, and some chilies. Mm-hmm. When they discover it, sometimes they can have some stomach ache because it's not something that their body is used to. But I believe I will have been through all the kind of spices. Well, so far, so good. <laughs> Fingers crossed. And, and Christelle, what are your thoughts on, you know, the, the concept that when you visit a new place, you have to dine with locals, eat with them, just to kind of get a bit more of the, of the culture of the place. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's an, it's an interesting concept because I unfortunately didn't have the opportunity to do that in all the countries because we're not going, we don't necessarily know people there. Mm-hmm. However, what we try to do is try local restaurants that locals go to. So we're sitting with locals and I feel like it's, it's a real deep dive into their culture. That is where it's interesting now, if it's about content creation and aesthetics, you might be a bit disappointed there because it might not be exactly what you're looking for. But if you're trying to grasp the real culture of the place, I feel like this is a great idea. I would do a mix of both. I would do a little bit of nice restaurants and a bit of locals with the locals. I remember I forced my husband to go to this restaurant in Vietnam, in Hanoi. We had to wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning because that's where like all the workers go for breakfast in the morning before they go to work. And I said, I wanted to try this dish. Absolutely. I was a bit overwhelmed by because it was nothing like all the other restaurants we've been to. You know, it's, it was so quick. It's, it's not anything fancy. You come, you sit down, they serve the food. You're done, you, st- you stand up and you go. That's the reality of the locals. Yeah. And experiencing that gives you a vibe. It, it makes you understand more how they live. And it gave me another perspective to their culture. And I, I loved the experience, even though the pictures are not, you know. <laughs> I'm, I know I'm always bringing that up, but it's something I'm, I'm really passionate about as well. So that's why I'm bringing it up. But yes. I actually loved the experience. Mm. Yes. So, oh, it was really good. Different from what you have elsewhere, you realize that the same dish elsewhere is sort of adapted to where you are, you know? When you eat the authentic one, you understand what is their priority and what, what ingredients they put, you know, they really use on a daily basis, which is not necessarily what you would get when you go to a Vietnamese restaurant in Switzerland, they wouldn't use that ingredient as much, you know, that's also one thing I like to see when I go to the actual country and try their actual dishes. Wow. So you've obviously lived uh, in many different places. Now you've lived in France, which is why the French accent. (laughs) (laughs) And now you're in Zurich in Switzerland and if I said, or if you had to live your whole life off a food supply from either one of those two countries, just one of them, which country would you choose? You're just having the French cuisine or, you know, Swiss. Um, which country would, you, would it be? And what would you always have on your weekly menu? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess because, you know, even though I was in Ghana, my house was like a... Um, how do you call it a no man zone or like a, it was it was a house in Ghana that was not really a Ghanaian house I don't know how to explain yeah. however we were only speaking French at home I only went to the French school we were only cooking 
Togolese, well, some Ghanaian dishes, but we had a lot of French influence growing up, basically. So I was watching like Cuisine TV, which is like a cooking television when it started coming up, you know, and my mom would cook some French dishes sometimes when it wasn't African. So definitely for me, if I had to pick one, it would be the French because I grew up with, a lot with the French influence. And if it had to be a dish, it would be the gratin dauphinois. What? Yes. <laughs> you don't like it? <laughs> What is that? No. That is a, which is oh, you, okay. Gratin dauphinois is basically a potato gratin. You know what a gratin is? No. So basically, it's cook. So you don't cook? That's okay. You don't have to cook to like food. <laughs> uh, my husband cooks more than me at home. Don't worry. <laughs> so a gratin is, you know, when you know you use the word gratinated. No, you don't use it in English. It's like when you put cheese on top of something and put oh, it in. Yeah. The okay. Yes. Yeah. So it's basically potato slices boiled in milk, you know, and then you put cheese on top. Oh. I call it something. What do I call it? I know what you're talking about. I just yeah. call it something else. Okay. Okay. Well, it's not only milk. The milk is cooked with like, uh, it's called, it's a bechamel, but it's okay. yeah. some kind of a sauce, spice mm -hmm. sauce. Yeah. So Yummy. Very nice. <laughs> I could eat that all the time. <laughs> yes. uh, that's awesome. So, so as a food and travel entrepreneur, what is, what does your day-to-day -day look like? Uh, if you know, when you're not traveling, what are you doing? So these days I had to step down a little and just practice a little bit more of my food photography because I think it's important in the path of what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, so this month is a bit different, but usually what I do is I try to plan one trip in a month, even if it's just a weekend, not too far because of the context. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really out normally. I, I just try to, so with my, my husband and I, before all this, we would go on website and research for new restaurants that are out in Zurich. Wow. There are a lot of pop-ups here. So we would go to all the pop-up events, mm -hmm. or even if there's a pop-up in Geneva or even in Paris, we would go just for that. You know, so we're really passionate about like food events in general. So this is something that I do on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. However, on my day-to-day -day these days, I focus a lot on my blog. I just started, I revamped my blog, my Instagram. So I try to bring a lot of content. So I, I think it's a mix of both because I bring content by going out, basically. Mm. And the going out is something that I have been doing for years and I love doing it. So where I'm trying to progress now is bringing quality content. So I'm now proposing my services of food photographer. Of course, I'm a beginner, but I'm taking classes and I believe I have skills. Well, however, when I'm doing it, I enjoy doing it a lot. I can spend hours taking pictures of food. So This is basically what I do. I must say, I really love your content. Thank you. I went Thank onto you. your, firstly, obviously your Instagram, and then I was scrolling, 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 and I ended up watching so many of your videos. So <laughs> <laughs> and Thank even you your website, me. everything is just proper. It's professional. Trust me, wherever you are going, You are going to have tons and tons of followers. We won't Thank be able to talk so to you anymore. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm, I really try my best to just stay consistent in everything really? that I do because we can get carried away very easily. Mm. It's very important to stay, you know, consistent. Mm. And uh, yeah. So, so, Christelle, in all your travels, 
if I was to ask you about one particular place, before I ask you about one particular place that always stand out, stands out that you would go back to at any time to visit, I wanted to ask you about your spices. I saw you've got something about eight peppers from exotic countries. What is that about? That was a giveaway. Oh. That, was a, that was a giveaway. So I'm always passionate about the, the variety of spices in this world. I'm always passionate about that. When I go to a market and I see all these colors, textures, I'm like, ah, you know, I want to smell everything. I want to try everything. So I just wanted to share that passion that I have to people because, you know, if you look at my Instagram and you read some of my captions, you'd see that sometimes I focus on one ingredient in the dish only because for me, it is so critical and so important in a dish. So the spices as well, because they sort of bring the ingredient back to life, you know? So it's like, for me, pepper is one of the basic one. In French, we say salt and pepper for like, it's the basic classic seasoning for anything. And I discovered one pepper from my husband's country, from uh, Cameroon. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called the penja pepper. And I was like, oh, I love it so much. I want to know more about this. So that's how I went out one day. And I saw these peppers that had, they were long. I'm like, is this a pepper? This is so funny, you know? So I discovered the Malaysian black pepper. That's how I discovered it. And I was like, this would be such a fantastic idea to use this as a giveaway, you know? And what, what better than doing videos of me cooking, use, like using yes. these peppers and discovering the flavors, you know? So I did like a dessert with a pepper because we only do it for savory food. I was like, why don't we just try it for desserts? It was quite nice. And yeah, that's basically the story behind the eight peppers. Wow. And I think the fact that both you and your husband also, you know, the both of you love food and, you know, trying out new dishes. It's just like a blessing. Um, it makes it all exciting for you. Yes, definitely it does. Okay. So then my, the question was, uh, which place would you go back to, you know, any day I would go back to this place because I once visited it and it was just amazing. Honestly? <laughs> so, this, so this is interesting because the food was good, but probably not. It was, it's not the country that sort of... Where I'm, I'm like, I have to go back because the food was amazing. It's just because it was a combination of things. Mm -hmm. It's Thailand. I would go back anytime. <laughs> Seriously. And because I also experienced, like we said, the local, you know, when I was in this little village where we were sitting in a local restaurant by the sea and eating like grilled fish with a citronella inside. And I had the best crab fried rice in my life. And it's like, for, I could go anywhere. It made me feel like I could go anywhere. I don't have that security in other countries. You know, I don't feel the same. It's probably one of the only countries where I felt like I could just walk around, just go to a basic guest house, have a nice room and just enjoy myself because culturally wise they're just so respectful and just so open-minded and I, I loved it I really did <laughs> I would I can't wait to go back actually we were supposed to go back before the pandemic yeah. so it's like yeah yeah I also loved Thailand I went for the first time in last year in 2019 yeah and it was just beautiful and, Where did you, go? and you are so right you know the people they are just so friendly so welcoming so respectful you know um, I loved it. I would also yeah. go back at any time. <laughs> Where did you go? Um, we did, um, we didn't do Bangkok. We did Phuket. Yeah. Oh, nice. PP Island. Yes. Oh, gosh. It was, it was just seven days. 
Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, it could have been longer. Yes. <laughs> so I would go I there. I can't wait to go back. <laughs> yes. So, this, so, so that's a place that you enjoy the most and you're not going yes. back there because of food. It's just because you love the place. Yes. Is there a place where you want to go because it's on your food travel um, bucket list? Senegal. I keep hearing about Senegal. Oh my God. Like they're the masters of rice. So I'm, I want to go there. <laughs> I want to go there so bad. And it's so funny because it's in West Africa. So everybody's like, but you were in West Africa your whole life. How can you say you've never been to Senegal? First of all, the prices are not so cheap. <laughs> so let's be honest. And I just never had the opportunity. So now it's like, it's on my to-do, like top three. Senegal, definitely. Okay. And I think Morocco. I think I'm gonna follow your 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 suggestion and also put Senegal on my list because oh, yeah. it's coming up, you know, in the <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. so Crystal, I think those are all the questions that I had for you. Um so thank you so so much for your thank time. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Really awesome chatting to you and I wish you all the best. I'm gonna tell all my listeners and all my followers about you and your incredible work. Thank so, you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. This Chica Travel Podcast foodie series is proudly sponsored by Mr. D Food, the joy of food delivered. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We will catch up again next week. But in the meantime, if you listen on Apple, please leave a review and comment. It helps other people find the podcast as well if you do that. So I appreciate that very much. And also you can find us on social media at Chica Travel Pod, hashtag Chica Travel Pod. Until next week, goodbye.